Hey folks, happy Easter. We're so glad you're listening. My name is Art Wright and I'm the senior pastor for Williamsburg Baptist Church. This is our Easter sermon for 2021, April 4th. The title is The Last Word and the Word After That. And the scripture reading it's based on is Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. We are so grateful that you're listening into our podcast. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, head over to www.williamsburgbaptist.com. In the meantime, we hope that this sermon is meaningful for you in your observance of Easter this year. We hope that that you find much cause to rejoice in the resurrection of Christ as we celebrate that, even as we continue through this pandemic season. We know that new life is in our midst and on the horizon. Blessings to you. Happy Easter. You have to keep going. You have to keep going. This is the advice that Lindsay Maddock offers children and parents and caregivers in her children's book, Finding Winnie. It's a book that tells the origin of the beloved character, Winnie the Pooh. Anybody read or watch Winnie the Pooh? It's not a coincidence that my children right now love Winnie the Pooh stories and movies and shows, much to the, light of, the, to the delight of us as parents. The, the shows and movies are so wholesome and clever, they're hilarious at times, and our kids delight in telling and retelling the jokes from them. <clears throat> the book, Finding Winnie, tells the story behind the story. Before there ever was an actual stuffed animal named Winnie, there was an actual bear. It was 1914, and a man by the name of Harry Colburn rescued a, a baby black bear. Colburn was a Canadian veterinarian who was on his way to take care of horses in World War I in Europe. And he ended up naming the bear after his hometown of Winnipeg, hence Winnie. The author of the book, who is Colburn's great-great-granddaughter, tells the story of this remarkable friendship and a remarkable journey across continents, through war and conflict, and then after the war, on to the London Zoo, where eventually Winnie the Bear made a new friend, a real-life boy named Christopher Robin, who would go on to name his own stuffed teddy bear, Winnie. Go figure. <clears throat> Reflecting on the twists and turns that led this baby bear to inspire a timeless children's character, one that my children love more than a century later, the author Maddox says this, she says, you never know when one story ends and another begins. That's why you have to keep going. You never know when one story ends and another begins. I couldn't help but think when I read those words, especially you have to keep going, that that's Easter advice. And it maybe feels more relevant than ever after living through this past year that we've just been through. I can't help but 
feel like similar words may have been shared by Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, as they go to the tomb on Easter morning. My hunch is that they feel the numbness and the crippling paralysis that so many of us have felt at times in our lives in the wake of the death of a loved one. I can only imagine that they're thinking, how in the world can we go on? They killed our Lord and our friend. What, what in the world do we do now? We thought, we thought we knew where we were going, and now we don't. <clears throat> you have to keep going, Mary Magdalene might say. You just put one foot in front of the other. It's all you can do some days, right? So let's go to his grave and put flowers on it, because that's what we do when people die. Put one foot in front of the other. And so they go, and lo and behold, the stone has been rolled away, and Jesus' body is not there. There are two men in dazzling clothes who appear out of nowhere, and the women are justifiably terrified. Why do you seek the living among the dead, they ask, which strikes me as a silly question. Of course they were looking for Jesus among the dead. He had just been crucified. But the two angels, if that's what they are, Say, Jesus is not here. He is risen. And so the women go and share their news with Jesus' other followers. And Peter himself, not one to um, be left out of the action, goes and runs to the empty tomb. He sees the linen cloths that they had wrapped around Jesus' body. And he goes home amazed. You never know where one story ends and another begins. We thought that Jesus had died and that that was the end of the story. We thought that the Roman and Jewish authorities had had the last word with the crucifixion. We thought that God's dream for a world built on love and acceptance and inclusion and kindness and hospitality was over. And yet it turns out that this is only the beginning of the story. It feels appropriate that we don't actually meet Jesus in today's scripture reading. The reading suggests that he's alive, but we don't actually see him yet. We acknowledge the resurrection has taken place, but we are in this intermediate stage between death and life. We have not yet seen Jesus standing before us, wounded and yet alive. In the midst of the pandemic still, new life is emerging all around of us. All around us, spring is springing, vaccines are rolling out. But we're not quite there yet, are we? We're still living under COVID precautions. Even those of us who will gather on Sunday morning for worship in person are going to be extra careful and extra mindful of the crowd. Um, And so it's so interesting to me that today's text promises resurrection, but ultimately doesn't prove it. Luke provides a glimmer of hope for us as Jesus's followers, but ultimately leaves us wanting more. And I think this is instructive as we celebrate this Easter of all Easter's. The women at the tomb encounter angels who say Jesus has been raised, but they're still terrified. And the other disciples can hardly believe it when they tell them what they've seen. 
If you have mixed feelings today, you're in the right place. We proclaim hope and resurrection, but we continue to bear the anxiety wrought by the pandemic. We feel and are living in the tension between hope and fear and life and death. It's okay to live in the ambiguity of the moment today. These are not times for pure feelings. This past year has been a doozy in almost every way imaginable. I was looking at some writing and journaling I did about this time last year in the lead-up to Easter and was sort of wrestling with how in the world we'd be able to celebrate Easter in the midst of a pandemic and having no idea, of course, that a full year later we'd still be wrestling with it, trying to figure out what it means to gather and be church all over again. This past year, death has happened in abundance, and fear, and anger, and unrest, and violence. We have seen some of the worst that humanity has to offer uh, on full display this past year, have we not? In many cases, this past year has felt more like Good Friday than the joy of Easter. And yet, here we are, gathered, virtually, yes, but gathered, people of faith, of course, still anxious about the present and uncertain about the future, but we are gathered to worship a God who won't let death have the last word. The resurrection of Christ suggests that everything that seems so final in our lives is but one part of a much larger story that keeps keeps on going. Rome does not have the last word when it comes to Jesus' death on a cross. Death itself does not even have the last word, nor does COVID-19. Nor does divorce, for that matter, or job loss, or cancer, death of a loved one, an election that didn't go your way, breakup or miscarriage, lost friendship, abuse, disability, old age, medical crisis, alcoholism, rebellious child, (laughs) A couple slowly drifting apart after all those years. Depression or even a church emptied out by a global pandemic. None of these things have the last word. These things don't have the last word because there's inevitably life on the other side of death. Life happens even on the other side of unimaginable loss, even when we least expect it. I've seen it in my life more than once. I've seen it in the lives of others. I've even seen it in your lives now, or at least I've heard the stories. I know enough about your stories now and the stories of all of us that so many of us have been through some excruciating losses in life, some that are so excruciating that they might as well feel like death. Some of you are going through it right now. But where you are at right now, where we are at right now, is not the end of the story. It's only the beginning. God is not done with us yet. Life is persistent. Life finds a way. 
That doesn't mean that, the, that we won't still carry the wounds of all of these scars. Jesus himself, when he, when he appears, will show his scars to his followers. But the wounds we've received don't represent the end. They only represent part of the story. And my hunch is that there's going to be something more beautiful than even we could ever imagine on the other side. It might not be today or tomorrow or even in the next 10 years. But we're going to wake up one morning and realize that the stone has been rolled away. Some of you may know the Reverend Nadia Boltz Weber. She's a popular pastor and speaker and author. She posted a prayer a couple of weeks ago as we passed the one-year mark of the pandemic. It was a prayer for strength moving forward and uncertainty at where we are in this moment. She said this. She said, God, I don't know how to do the next part. How will I stop fearing that our human bodies are a danger to each other? How will I find the energy to show up again? How will I ever small talk again? And more importantly, what, she says, what will I judge others for when I can no longer judge them for not wearing masks? She says, I'm sure I'll find something. I'm sure we all will. She says, God, gently remind me that a year ago I didn't know how to live through an evaporation of all my plans and the death of those I loved and social turmoil and the end of Shit's Creek and an isolation I thought I surely could not bear. I did not know I was going to live without travel and sacraments and movie theaters and hugging my parents, and yet, somehow I did. She says, help me remember that we somehow got through this year without first knowing how we would do it, and that you have been in every moment already, and you will be here in every moment to come. So I thank you that you are my somehow. Your sweet Holy Spirit has accompanied me, equipped me, and comforted me, even when I failed to notice, failed to feel it or believe it or be grateful for it. Folks, on this Easter Sunday, as we still wrestle with the grips of the pandemic but feel new life emerging at the same time, as we seek to live into the tension of this moment and look ahead to new life on the other side, remember this. God has brought us this far, even through the valley of the shadow of death. We have feared the worst at times this past year, have we not? We have been through the worst of times in many cases this past year. But even now, we're experiencing new life. Church, we have to keep going. This story is only getting started. Happy Easter, church. You're loved more than you know. God's blessing on each of you this day and forevermore. Amen.